Hello and welcome to Automators. My name is Rose Orchard and I'm here today with the fabulous David Sparks to talk about how to make your devices do your work for you. Hello, David. Hi, Rose. How are you today? I am very excited today. Are you? Good. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, well, mostly because I get to talk to you, uh, which is something that is always fun. Yes. But also because today we're going to talk about time trekking. Yes, we are. I have a little bit of a cold, so please excuse my voice. I'll do my best to keep my hacking and wheezing off the microphone, but just uh, hang in there with me today. Yeah, that's how professional we are. Even though David is not well, we are still recording this episode to make sure that you get it in time. So, uh, yes, that's something that we are... Uh, we will have to do because we tra we track our time and we see how much time that we spend on these things. And we know that if we don't get started now, then this episode won't be finished in time. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I do time tracking. I'm not sure about you, David. There's probably a hundred reasons why I do time tracking. But that's one of the big ones for me, just so that I know how long I'm spending on these things. So I can look at it and go, wait, I spent three hours yesterday playing on the Nintendo Switch, and I was only going to spend 20 minutes. What happened there? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the concept of time tracking in our little nerd community has really taken off in the last couple of years, which is kind of funny to me, because as a lawyer, I've been living with time tracking for 25 years now. And um, most people that, you know, in my lawyer circles just dread the idea of time tracking. Uh, but it's done for a different reason there. That's where you, you track your time in order to get paid. Yeah, which I'm guessing some of our listeners will have to do as well. So, you know, any way that we can help people automate things like that is great. And uh, some people I know at work, we're expected to just keep a rough track of how long we're spending on each project so that we know, like, if one project starts taking up an awful lot of time, then we can let the right people know and that project may end up on the chopping block. Or it may end up that we end up getting an extra couple of people to work on it because it's so resource intensive. Um, and that's something that I suspect a lot of people either do have, or it may come at them. It's not an official requirement for us at work, but we're several of my colleagues and I are pretty sure that something like that is going to come in the future. And actually, we're quite excited about it because A, automation opportunities, and B, it's, it's just a, a good way of getting a good overview of your day. Yeah. Also, um, you know, something is that as, as humans, we're, we're generally terrible at predicting how much time it's going to take to do a task. I I don't know about you, Rose, but I'm off usually by like a half. You know, if I think it's going to take an hour, it usually takes two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, what, I mean, this is something that people probably do already, right? Somebody asks you how long it's going to take you to do something. Okay, so you double how long you think it's going to take before you tell them that number. Okay, and then that person will double it before they pass it on. And then at the end, it ends up probably being the the, the right number. So yeah. somebody, you'd start with four days and then it ends up being 16 days or something. And that's that ends up being right because there's a requirements change halfway along. And that's, that's why knowing how long this stuff takes is good. Because I, I really got into the idea of time tracking from Cortex, which I'm sure many of our listeners also listen to. And uh, it was this thing where Mike uh, said that he was... He was surprised how long he was spending doing things because he thought it would take him like 20 minutes to do something and it was taking him two hours. And of course, his now wife, Adina, knew, you know, he'd say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go and spend 20 minutes doing this. And she'd know it would be two hours. And that was something that it clicked for me. It's like, OK, how long am I really spending on these? It's just 20 minutes things. Um, and I like to add an estimated duration to my tasks and OmniFocus as well now so that I can see how long I thought it was going to take and then how long it actually took afterwards. And uh, that's that's been very useful for me. 
And the advantage of a time tracker and and the automation with a time tracker, which is what we're going to talk about, is that it brings science to the table. It allows you to see really how long it takes to do certain types of tasks. So you have a much better idea, you know, more informed uh, decision or opinion going forward about predicting how much time you'll take in the future. Yeah, which, you know, for something that you only do as a one-off is maybe not so useful, but for things that you do time and time again, or that you're planning on doing again and again in the future, like, for example, automators, it's something, doing podcasts, brand new to me, I'd never done it before, like, how long do I need to spend doing this? And I can see, over time since I've started, I've got faster at doing the episodes, you know, making sure that we've got all the show note links and everything like that. That's getting faster as I go, just because I'm getting more efficient at it, and that's really nice to see. Of course, that doesn't mean that I'm you know, just going and playing on the Switch, I'm now thinking of other things that I can do to help make this podcast even better. But, you know, that that's one of the things that I have taken from this as well. The other thing I like about time tracking is it allows you to find time sinks. And those are things that you're assuming you, don't, you do every day. You don't think they take that long, but it, it gives you feedback as to exactly how long they do take. And I can tell you just like some of the administrative stuff I do for Max Berkey and and for the law practice, I was thinking they really didn't take that much of my time. And I found out that they actually took quite a bit of time. And that's what motivated me to hire someone to help me out with some of those pieces. So I don't have to do them anymore. On the flip side, I've always thought that I spent, you know, because I do so much in OmniFocus, I always thought that I spent a lot of time in OmniFocus because I guess that app is where I go all day to get my task list. And, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, maybe I am spending too much time in this app. You know, maybe it's just too, you know, I'm making it too complicated. But then once I started time tracking, I realized I actually don't spend that much time in the app. So you, you, you learn all sorts of interesting things with time tracking. Yes, and th- that's where it's really useful because um, there there are different kinds of time tracking that you can do. Obviously, you can just track everything that you do at work, uh, which if that's all you you need to track time for, then that's fine. Or you can go ahead and do like full-on tracking everything in your lifetime tracking. I've ended up being somewhere in the middle where I track you know, work and I track automators, sweet setup things, stuff like that. Um, and then um, a couple of areas where I do want to see what I'm doing with my time. So I've been tracking my oversleeping, which is one of the things I will mention how I do later, Um, just because it really opened my eyes to go, how long am I spending lazing in bed in the mornings, just scrolling through Twitter? Like, that's not good for me. I could be doing something much better with my mornings, or at the very least, sitting in a chair, um, scrolling through Twitter, which is probably better for me. Um, So uh, that, you know, that's, that's the different angles to time tracking that you can look at so the question uh, that the automators are bringing to the table today is how do you automate that and uh, we thought we would cover that in a couple different ways um let's start with the thing everybody has for free on their ios devices that shipped just this year with ios 12 and that's uh, the ios screen time service yes and that is a very simple built-in uh, function, you uh, probably need to turn it on if you haven't been getting weekly notifications telling you how much time you've been spending on your devices. But inside of settings and screen time, you can actually see how long that you spend on different categories of applications. So for example, I'm looking at it and it's telling me that I spent two hours, 46 minutes on networking today, uh, social networking, but it turns out that that's actually my works chat application. So I think I'm okay there. Um, 
because once you tap on the the overview at the top, it's uh, split down by device, which is really nice. So all of your iOS devices, even if you're living the multipad lifestyle, are categorized in here. And then when you tap on that, it goes through and it shows you screen time for, for example, your most used applications, and you can switch it to categories. So I can see that I spent an hour and 10 minutes on other, 13 minutes on productivity, etc. And this is a really simple, it's completely built in. Um, you don't even need to go crazy and start classifying things because it's already done for you based on which category the app is primarily in in the App Store. Um, and that just shows you everything that you've got there. And what's more, you can take it a step further if you like, and you can set time limits for applications, um, which is something that you may want to do if you see that you're spending six or seven hours in TweetBot every day. You may want to set a limit for yourself, which is the other side of time tracking, the after time tracking follow-up, if you will. What's interesting to me, when we hit the new year for 2019, how many of my non-nerd friends were were building New Year's resolutions around the feedback they were getting from screen time. Because, you know, a lot of people weren't really aware of how they were spending their time. And while screen time is definitely limited in a lot of ways, one of the nice things about it is that it's automatic. So all this stuff is happening without any interaction by the user. And um, that's really, that's one of the golden things about time tracking. Some of these time tracking apps is, when they when they automatically collect the data for you, the data is inherently better. Yes, and that is, of course, you know what you want. If you if you're looking at this, then you're probably not going to, at the very least, start remember to start and stop timers every single time. And that's something I really struggled with when I was first getting into this. You know, like I'd look at it and I'd ha- I'd had a timer that I was on the phone with my mom for sixteen hours, and well, I was only on the phone with her for sixteen minutes. What happened? I got distracted after I hung up. And something happened, and the other thing happened, and then I fell asleep. And you know, a day later, that information is you know that information is now incorrect there. And of course, there's an alternative to this on Android as well called Digital Wellbeing, um, which I know was only on I think the Pixel phones at launch, um, but it should be uh, coming to other devices if it's not on them already. And I think that it's really good that this is getting built into operating systems because this is the kind of thing, okay, yeah, great for tracking kids, sure. You know, like maybe you don't want your kids to be playing Minecraft all day, every day. Um, But for us adults as well, just to see, you know, like what are we doing with our time? Yeah, so so that one is free. Like I said, you've got it already. It's it's most likely already been collecting data for you. So if you haven't looked at it, just go into the screen time view and the settings on your iPhone or your iPad and you've got time tracking done already. And, you know, that's, I think one of the goals of the automation of this stuff is to lower the cost of entry, you know, to get uh, accurate time recording data with as little effort on your behalf as possible. So you can have the benefit at the back end of getting all that great data and being able to use it to make decisions. Yes. And that, you know, that's something that we want. Now, there are a few disadvantages to screen time for iOS, digital well-being on Android. Uh, They don't sync with the desktop. So, uh, you know, you may spend eight hours, nine hours a day using a Mac or a Windows machine or a Linux machine. There's no data from those devices, at least not synchronized with it. And you can't get that data out. Uh, that data is inside of your operating system. You can take screenshots. You can manually write down the stats. You could probably write a shortcut that will parse a screenshot for the text and save it to a CSV file or something for you. If you've done that, please share it in the forums. Um, but it, 
you know, it, it is limited in that respect. But for that trade-off, it is 100% automatic. So that's a good start, right? Yeah, it is. You know, I really wish Apple would open this up, though. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, just let third parties access that data. Um, and, yeah. And people say, well, why would you do that? That's your screen time data. You shouldn't be able to share it. But, but they do let you share your health data with third-party apps. Um, though it did take a little while for that to happen, if I remember correctly. And uh, there is, of course, one other limitation that I forgot I mentioned earlier. It classifies the apps based on their primary category in the App Store, which means that TweetBot is under social networking. But if you use TweetBot for work, then it gets classified as social networking, not work. And that is something that you can't change. Um, so you have to... Uh, <laughs> Keep that in mind if you're actually setting those app limits, which you can do, or you could just not do it, which uh, I have ended up having to not do uh, in a couple of areas I wanted to, because otherwise I would use those apps for work and it would get classified towards my private time. And even though you can whitelist an app, you can't whitelist the other apps in the category for the time that you spent in that one application, yeah. uh, which is a negative, but there we go. And, and you know, it's just, it's just too limited. I mean, you, you can't like say, uh, categorize everything from yeah. these, this hour to that hour into a certain project. Like when Rose and I are recording automators, we're working in all sorts of different apps as we prepare for and record the show. Why couldn't we just say, take those two hours and just make that automators time. And it, it you know, it just doesn't do a lot of stuff like that. It's not really even engineered to be that what we're talking about, no. you know, the time tracker, but it is an, it's an entry point. It's free. And, and like I said, I do think the data is good. You know, maybe it's miscategorized, but you do have very accurate information about how much time you spend in apps. Yes. And hopefully next year they'll open it up. So drafts can do things like report the workspace that I'm in when I'm in drafts yeah. uh, back to it. So then I can look at it and go, hey, look, I was actually working on automators here when I was in drafts for those 45 minutes. But in these 45 minutes, I was writing scripts or something else, uh, yeah. which is nice. Um, one of the more popular time trackers for years now has been rescue time. Yes. And this was, I believe, my very first time tracking application because I started using it as a browser extension, I think back in Firefox in the day. I might have even still been on Windows back then. Um, and uh, it, as I said, originated as a browser extension. You can now install it on uh, Mac OS, um, Windows. I believe they have a Linux uh, application as well. And they even have iOS uh, apps as well though that tracks what you're doing via your location, which may or may not be an accurate indicator of what you're actually doing. But this does automated tracking on your Mac, and it is extensible, which means it's got things like If This and That and Zapier support. Um, and you can take those reports and put them into day one via If This and That if you wanted to. And this is automated again. So if you're using it, then it can say, okay, I can see that you were using, for example, today I spent a lot of time in PHP Storm. Um, and so it will tell me that I spent probably six hours of my day in PHP Storm and the other two hours of my work day in Firefox. Um, so that I, I have a good idea and it, it can give you more data as well, which is really nice. It's just it's the one that's been around a long time. I have to admit though, my favorite is, uh, one of my favorites is is Timing, which is a native Mac application. It is similar to Rescue Time, but it, it's built in, it's running locally on your Mac. So you don't have to share all your data up to some cloud service. And um, and once again, this one has that advantage that you get with iOS screen time. It, did you hear my voice there? I squeaked. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway. 
podcasting with a cold. Anyway, uh, but the uh, it, it, uh, with um, with timing, it, it just automatically tracks and keeps track of exactly where you're you're doing your time. But it's much more granular. Like if you're you're on the web, it just doesn't tell you that you were in Safari. It tells you which website you're on. Or if you're in Microsoft Word, it tells you what document you're in. If you're in the Finder, you know what folder you were in. And that type of information is so much more useful because it's so much more granular. It works automatically, so you don't have to think about it. You know, you don't have to manually uh, throw triggers. And then it, it's, I would recommend, if you're interested in this stuff, downloading the trial. And, and full disclosure, they have sponsored uh, past episodes of, I believe, one of my show, the um, Free Agents. Uh, free Agents. I don't think they've, maybe they've done Mac Power Users too. So occasionally they've been a sponsor here and there. But the, it's just, a, I think it's an app worth trying if you're interested in this stuff because especially if you spend a lot of time working on your Mac, because it, it, it works on your Mac. They don't have an iOS version, but it does such a good job on your Mac. And you can go in afterwards and manually add entries very easily. Like um, an example is I um, when I want to kind of extend timing, uh, I can bring the rest of my life into it very easily, either with data I've collected through Toggle or just, just you know my knowledge of my own calendar. Like if I spend an hour and a half exercising, uh, and even though I'm not doing that while at my Mac, I can sit down at timing and just literally drag a bar an hour and a half or just hit a new entry and it creates that for you. So you can you can manually create the time that you're away from your Mac. But the stuff for me that's most important to being accurate is the stuff where I'm sitting at my Mac and knowing well exactly how much time did I spend on the free agent stuff versus the automator stuff. And uh, this is really good for that. And the, um, so that's one worth trying out. You can get it, uh, I think a free two week trial. And if you're a setup subscriber, you've already got it for free because it's part of setup. So, uh, that's one, I think that's a real good one worth checking out, especially if you spend a lot of time on your Mac. Yes. The only thing that I wish it had is this is where rescue time for me is a little bit better and one that we'll get to in a moment toggle uh, is that um, because timing is only on your Mac, it doesn't have an API, which means that if I start on a new project for, say, Learn OmniFocus, um, then I add this in, a, in, I usually add it actually in my invoicing software, and then it just runs through and it creates a project in OmniFocus for me and it adds it in my time tracking application of choice as a project. So it's already there. So I don't need to remember to create this project. Um, and uh, that's something that I can't do in timing. And uh, that's something that you might want to think of, adding time tracking to other things so that you have even more enhanced automation. It's kind of funny. It's it's good at automatically time tracking because that's the nature of the application. But it's not as automation-friendly on the administrative side. Yes, which is something that you're going to have to consider with the different options that we are presenting here. Like, do you want something that is automated in the tracking of the time, or do you want something that is automated in the utilization of data um, and setup? So, uh, yeah, that is something to keep in mind. And then the one, uh, another one that a lot of people use these days is Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. This is the one that I use because, oh boy, the automation options are pretty much limitless here. And uh, yeah, that scratches my automation nerd itch. And I, I'm pretty sure that you've been using Toggle as well, haven't you, David? Yeah, I do. I have a Toggle account and uh, it's great. I mean, in terms of automation stuff, like like if you're spending time on iOS, a lot of your time on iOS, you can do a lot of cool stuff with Siri shortcuts and, and Toggle. Yes, yes, you can. So this originally started out 
Federico Vitici of Mac Stories, of course. Who else is it going to start with? He created a series of uh, workflows, as it was back then, to start and stop different uh, toggle timers. And this has evolved over the years. I have seen hundreds of different versions of uh, his workflows running around. They're now shortcuts, of course. Um, And they're all available on the Mac Stories website. And I will put a link to that in the show notes. Um, But nowadays, the Toggle app itself has got native shortcuts integration, which means that you can donate specific timers so that you can integrate it into other things. So that, for example, when I use my automated shortcut, it's asked me, you know, do I want to go to Quip or do I want to go to my drafts workspace for automators, etc. But it will start the automators timer for me as soon as I open that shortcut. So before I even think about which app it is I'm going to use when I'm working on automators, it just runs that for me so that that's already built in and that's where it has come to be really useful for me because they have a web application as well uh, they have browser extensions um, and um, there's uh, apis there is even and this is one thing i love uh, there is a series of apple scripts for omnifocus so that when you're working on a task in omnifocus you can start a timer and stop a timer for that task and then that will log that data in toggle for you and yeah, this this makes all of my nerd senses tingle. Yeah, and, and this is a lot easier than it used to be. Um, uh, what like Rose was talking about the the way this started out was with Federico's API calls, which were fairly complex workflows and later series shortcuts. But now, using the Toggle app, um, you can turn it into a one step, basically switch to turn the timer on. Uh, as an example, a few episodes ago when we talked about the Siri shortcut home screen, like I, I told you I had a contextual, you know, I have contextual Siri shortcuts as home screen icons. So one of them is like Max Sparky email, you know, or it'll be the inbox. So I'll just go to the Max Sparky icon and I'll tap on inbox. It will go and flip on a timer and toggle that manages, that just tracks the time I spit on email of Max Sparky. Then it'll go into airmail and open up the inbox in airmail. And so like if I'm on my iPad or my iPhone, I push one button, I set a timer and I start processing email. Yes. And this is, you know, this is something that you, if you're looking at time tracking, you're probably going to want to build it into other things so that it can happen automatically if it's not a solution that does it automatically for you. So for example, timing that does that. And that is where I've been using a beta application. It's currently called Timery. I think the name may still be in flux. Um, And they have got amazing shortcut support. It is so good. And that's what I've been using for quite a while now. And I... Uh, I'm really enjoying the ability to just have these toggles start, these toggle timers start as part of my other shortcuts. So, for example, when I clock into work, I also start my work timer and toggle. You may think that that is slightly redundant, but I like to see how how long I spent, you know, chatting with people at work about different projects versus going through my email versus actually working on projects um, because it's quite eye opening, I'm sure you will find, see how long you actually spend doing busy work instead of work work, uh, which may or may not be important to you. Yeah, ho- hopefully by the time this episode airs, that, that Timery app will be released. And, and the name has changed multiple times throughout the beta, so I, I don't want everyone to just count on it being Timery when it comes out, because I don't know that that's the case. No, it may have changed by then. It's basically the Toggle app that we all really wanted Toggle to make. <laughs> and um, Yes. It's just, it's very user-friendly. 
that's very shortcut friendly. So you can very easily create timers. Uh, you can even create um, ways to monitor. It's just, it's very powerful in terms of time tracking. And all of that stuff is engineered around the idea of using Siri shortcuts to automate, you know, setting those timers as much as possible. And because the underlying problem with toggle for me is that sometimes my toggle data is garbage because of my own human failure. You know, when I try yeah. to use toggle, just like Rose was talking about earlier, sometimes you'll wake up the next day and see that you had a timer that just ran for 16 hours. And, you know, that's, uh, that's just life. Unless you get really good at, uh, every time you context shift in your life, stopping and setting a new timer. I mean, you can, you can, you know, automate a lot of this stuff, but you can't automate all of it. And um, that to me is, is one of the problems with toggle and it can get you into trouble, but, but serious shortcuts can, can go a long way towards fixing that. If you can uh, add those serious shortcut automations with something like timery to automatically throw the switches for you as you move throughout your day. Now we should mention toggle. The toggle app itself does have shortcut support. Um, it was not great at the beginning, um, but it has improved over time. So you can do all of this as well. And of course, uh, there's a free version of toggle. There's a free trial of timing, rescue time. They have a free and a premium tier, and screen time as well as the the Android alternative are also free as well. So all of this is stuff that you can just try um, and see if it works for you. And one of the ways that I've upgraded. Uh, things like toggle is I have um, uh, two time-based automations. So there's one that at 10 p.m. every single night um, starts by telling me, uh, well, it actually just stops my timer and says staying up too late. Uh, so if there's a timer running, it stops then, which means that I never get timers running overnight. That's um, and That's good. Yes. Um, because I mean, if I am continuing to work, I also have it send me, I'm using Zapier for this. It also sends me a push bullet notification to let me know it's done that. Um, because otherwise if I am, you know, if I am working on something and it's important, um, then, um, I, I might lose that entry. Um, as it is, it's quite easy to go back and just tell the previous entry to continue. Um, and at 6am in the morning, uh, it actually starts an oversleeping timer for me. Um, which means that it's the time that I'm spending lazing around in bed these last few days after the uh, the Christmas break and in the run up to a holiday for me, I've been sleeping a little later than I would usually. So I've actually got that turned off. And I do turn these off when I travel because, for example, when I go to Seattle in a few weeks, which will have been a few weeks before this podcast releases, um, then it will uh, it would run at the wrong times, of course. Um and so that's something that you you may need to keep an eye on if you are um, traveling a lot um, and you're using time-based automations with some kind of uh, time tracking software. Uh, but it works pretty darn well for me because that means that if something is running, and usually it was something like a five-minute timer, like prepping for tomorrow. So like making sure my lunch is ready, making sure my breakfast is ready, and that I've cleared out those odd things that end up in my handbag every day. Um, usually that takes me five to 10 minutes and I start that. And then we put on an episode of Star Trek and I sit down and I start watching it and I completely forget to stop my timer. Uh, I don't bother tracking the time that I spend on the TV. I do track the time that I spend playing on my Switch because I only got that for Christmas and I am really... Uh, trying not to spend too much time playing on it because I'm slightly concerned about RSI issues. All right, which game has got all your time, Rose? Zelda. Oh, Breath of, of the Wild. Yeah, of that's course. the one. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, there, there is a couple of good games. I've also got Cat Quest and Shelter Two Generations. So uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a optional time sink, which is something that I'm keeping an eye on because I don't want to get it to get out of hand. Yeah, but you know, you don't need to be afraid of of tracking leisure time. I think it's actually a healthy thing. Yes, and, it is. And something you shouldn't feel bad about because, I mean, the point of working hard is also to play hard. Uh, but it is a good idea to have an idea of where that all fits in the overall scheme. Definitely. And it's one of these things. I actually, that is from Cal Newport, uh, one of his books. I think it was How to Be a Straight A Student or How to Win at College. He was essentially saying that you need to plan your free time and the rest of the time is work time. Um, if you if you want to succeed. So, you know, you can plan to have four or five hours of downtime in a day. That's fine. But be intentional about what you're doing, which I thought was a, a good way of looking at things. So are you, are you doing all the automation, um, the time-based automation for your toggle through Zapier? Uh, not all of it. Some of it I'm doing through If This and That just because I'd set it up in If This and That before. Yeah. Uh, for example, I have one that tells me that uh, I should be starting to record automators. And it starts uh, tracking that based on our calendar, actually. Um, so uh, I've subscribed to our automators calendar where we put our recordings in uh, in um, Google Calendar. And then whenever that episode, that event starts, providing it's not an all-day event because we also put the days that the, the, um, the podcast goes live in there, um, that it will uh, start a time-tracking event for me. And uh, that one's only in If This and That, but I may have to move it to Zapier so that I also get push notifications via push bullet. Though, of course, you can do notifications via If This and That, but I am trying to coral my notifications so that I get ones where there could be an action required via push bullet um, and the ones where there is no action required via If This and That. Makes sense, but but all that's possible because Toggle's a web-based service and it, it gives you those types of powers. Yes. Um, something I should mention: timing can actually work with the Toggle data. Um, the uh, I've got I haven't spent a bunch of time on that yet, but that's something I want to look into where they can you can use. To, you know, maybe you can combine them as well. That's another possibility. Yes, the way that I would like to do it, unfortunately, as far as I'm aware, does not work, which is um, to send the timing data into Toggle. Um, I believe it can only collect the, t- the data from Toggle, uh, which is a shame, but understandable because they are a Mac app and they are not a Toggle application. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN, where you can get high-speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services. Get three months for free with a one-year package. Just go to expressvpn.com slash automators. We've seen a lot in the media lately about online security breaches. It's only natural to worry about where your data goes, especially when something as simple as sending an email can put your private information at risk. And forget about those creepy guys at the coffee shop. Chances are you're being tracked by social media sites, marketing companies, and possibly even your internet provider. And not only can they record your browsing history, they can also sell it to people who want to profit from your information. You can take back your privacy with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. The easy-to-use apps run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet, and it costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated number one VPN service by TechRadar, 
It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you also need ExpressVPN. I was just working in a coffee shop this morning, and there were about 60 people in there. I don't know, there could have been a bad guy in there trying to intercept my email to get details of my iTunes account or my Amazon account, but they couldn't do it because I was running ExpressVPN and that kept them out. It secured me. And you know what? These days, it's time to have a VPN service. I love having ExpressVPN on my Mac, iPad, and iPhone. Anytime I want to lock things down, I just click the button and I'm safe. Why don't you start protecting your online activity today by going to expressvpn.com slash automators. If you don't want your online history in the hands of your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. By going to expressvpn.com slash automators, you can get three months free with a one-year package. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash automators for three extra months free with a one-year package. Why not get 15 months for the price of 12? Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of automators and all of Relay FM. So, Rose, we've talked about how we automate all this data and collect it, and it's a little bit off the outline scope, but just, you know, how do you use the data once you have it? Well, for me, the the biggest thing is I make, uh, I've, I've been following Cortex for quite a while, um, as people may have guessed, and I do these yearly themes. And I then break these down. And this year, I'm trying the 12-week year, which means that you break things down into sort of quarterly goals. Um, and I think that that's good for me because I like to see that I'm spending my time on the right things. And that's why I track my time so that I can know that actually each episode of Automators, it does take a good chunk of time. I don't progress that time at all. I very much enjoy spending that time. But that means that if I've got a trip coming up, for example, then we know we're going to have to move the recording forward so that there's plenty of time to make sure that we've got everything recorded and properly prepared so that we can still publish on time. Because I don't want to be late pu- posting an automated episode. Don't know about you there. <laughs> but uh, yes, things like that. And also seeing how long I spend doing these things that I never thought would take very long. Um, so, for example, um, I often go and get my nails done as a nice way to relax. Great. But it actually takes me a lot longer than a 30-minute appointment than I thought. It takes me more like an hour and a half um, just because you've got to make the appointment, you've got to get there, you've got to wait, and then you get back and it all adds up. Um, and things like that are areas where I can look at it and go, well, actually, I can probably find other ways to relax and I can paint my own nails. Uh, so why don't I do that? Um, and I am now trying yoga for relaxation instead because there are a couple of really good yoga apps and that means I don't need to commute. And when I only spend 30 minutes relaxing, it is just about 30 minutes instead. How do you use time tracking, David? Yeah, I, I think in a lot of the same ways. I think you look at it for the big picture, but you also look at it for the little picture. You want to make sure that you're using your time wisely and that the the things that are a priority to you are getting the most amount of time. But you also want to look for those little time leaks that you have in your life. And, you know, I really think time tracking can help you find uh, uh, things that you're doing quite often that you don't think take that much time, but when you look at them over the course of a week or a month, add up to quite a bit and, you know, then use that as an opportunity to try and get those things out of your life. And uh, I think time tracking can be very useful for that. And I know it can be a pain in the neck to do this and to set up all this automation, but it really does pay benefits. And I, what I would suggest is even if you don't want to do it all the time, 
do it for a week, uh, you know, do it for one week every quarter or one week every month and just see how it works for you. Because I, I do think you can find out things about yourself you wouldn't know otherwise. Definitely. There's a lot of things there, like little time wasters that you thought were only like a minute or two, but it turns out actually it takes a lot longer than you thought. And that gives you an idea, like, you know, in David's case, you got an assistant. Um, or maybe in my case, it's that I go to my boss and say, hey, like the, the, this five minute project that somebody else to do has already taken me a week. Maybe we should be looking at getting rid of this um, and things like that. Or just maybe we'll give you ideas of other things that you can automate. <laughs> All right, so so Rose, let's talk a little bit uh, in the weeds about how we automate um, our time tracking. I know it's kind of got out um, through the conversation we already done in the show, but tell me a little bit about more this about this oversleeping idea. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, so uh, essentially, it's really simple. I use Zapier. It runs six a.m. Monday to Friday, um, and it starts at. Uh, a timer in toggle called oversleeping and i did steal this from cgp gray um and uh, then it sends me a notification which will then open the toggle application when i tap on it so i'm sending a link notification i think it is and i'm pretty certain this is off the top of my head though that the link is toggle colon slash 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 and then that will open the toggle application and uh so this means that i wake up and i look at this and i see this notification and then when I swipe on it, it opens the toggle application. So I immediately see how long I've been oversleeping or how long I've been lazing around in bed because I am trying to do this thing called self-control where I don't just stop it as soon as I wake up and then continue to laze around in bed. Um, and uh, then I, I stop the timer. And so I get to see both how long I've spent lazing around and stop it all in one sw fell swoop, which is quite simple. And it's nice because... Um in the back of your head, when you know those timers are running, that actually affects your your conduct as well. Yes, definitely. It's like having like it's like my mom watching me. Yeah, okay, so everybody's parents probably did this when they were in school. You need to get up now. Yeah, you really need to get up now. And eventually, you get up just because you don't like the people like telling you that you keep needing to get up. Um, and it's it's having somebody sort of sitting there going, mm "Hmm, yep." Yeah. 15 minutes lazing around in bed so far and no sign of movement, not even a toe twitch. Hmm. And I quite like that, but I also like the fact that it's not actually a person. So, for example, if I'm sick, I can just delete that entry. That's okay. Like, I will let myself do that if I'm not feeling very well. Um, like, this morning I woke up with backache and I was like, stuff the oversleeping timer. Like, I'm going to take my time getting out of bed this morning. Thank you very much. And it was very worthwhile to do that. So uh, I think that's something else that you need to remember with time tracking and automations like this is um, be realistic. So if you're not well, for example, then it doesn't matter if you ever slept. You need sleep to get better. Uh, so I, I use timing a lot for the stuff I do on my Mac, but I also use Toggle. Um, something that's interesting to me is looking at your notes is that you're getting very granular with Toggle, for instance, with automators. You have three categories, the, the creation. Uh, I have five categories, even. Okay, <laughs> so there you go. I used to have three yeah. for each podcast, basically pre-production, recording, and post-production. You've, mm -hmm. you've managed to turn it into five. I have, over yes. time, sim simplified these things, so where it's just one category. You know, Each podcast gets one entry. And I can, either using toggle or timing, break that into descriptive language, like you know, outline prep or post-production or, or whatever. Yeah. But I haven't given them their own categories because I, I felt like I, I, on the back end, I wasn't using that data enough to make it worth going between all three of them to uh, to to plan. And and then 
you know, the more categories you add, the more likelihood you have for making a mistake or for getting through a time. Yeah. I mean, for me in general, what I'm doing with automators, I'll tell you my five categories in a moment, but I, I'm looking to see how much I spend on automators in total. Um, and especially at the beginning, we were a little concerned that the videos wouldn't be very popular. And we do plan on producing more videos. We've just had a bit of a Christmas break, let's say, um, on those. Um, but uh, I have a show preparation, which is your pre-production recording. I have post-production, so things like adding chapter markers and so on, because that means I have to listen to the whole episode. Uh, video creation, and then writing the blog post uh, as an accompaniment, just because I've been experimenting with uh, some automations to help me create a better outline for the blog post based on our outline from the the recording. Um, and it's nice to see that I'm spending less and less time on that as it goes, but still producing hopefully good blog posts um, in that area. Um, so yeah, those two will probably get rolled into post-production uh, at some point in the not too distant future. Yeah, but and, and I guess the, the point there is you make it as detailed as you need, but not any more detailed than you need because the more the more time you spend categorizing, you know, your time tracking, the less time you actually spend doing your work. So try and, try and figure out what the the right balance is for you there. And over time, don't be afraid to change that. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, as I mentioned, I'll probably roll video creation and uh, blog post writing for automators into the post production section, and that's fine. You can also go the other way, start really high level and then break it down. So at work, all I do is I say I'm working on this project or I'm working on that project. Uh, I don't bother to break it down. Going, hey, I was fixing this script for this web application, and it took me one hour forty five minutes because I was missing a semicolon. A, because that would be depressing, and I thankfully, due to my ID, rarely miss semicolons. Um, but uh, B, just because that's not required of me. In fact, it's not even really required to track which project that I'm working on. Uh, I just do it because it's quite useful to see when somebody comes to me and says, oh, Rose, can you can you just do this on that? It's like, okay, the last time that you asked me to spend five minutes doing this, it took me three and a half hours. Like, do you still want me to spend five minutes on it, or do you want me to spend three and a half hours on this so that I've got that that better data. Yeah, I mean, so much of this stuff is is helpful in dealing with the exterior world because you have so much more confidence when you start making estimates of how much time things are going to take. Yes, exactly. And so, for example, um, the the work that I do for like the sweet setup and and Mac stories and so on, that's not billed by the hour, but I'm still tracking the time that I need to take on it. So that if they come to me and say, "Oh, right, okay," so instead of doing one post every two weeks, could you do uh, one post every week for the sweet setup? I can look at it and go, "Well, okay, each post takes me approximately." I don't know, say 30 minutes, uh, I can actually find an extra 30 minutes every week to do that. That's okay. Or every other week as the case may be. Um, where it's a, if it was taking me, say, two and a half hours, I wouldn't be able to say yes. Um, but looking at things like that, uh, when I have that data, I can make a much better informed decision. And especially with things like my master's degree, which I am starting work on again in May, I need to know how much time I have to spend on the other things that I've got commitments to versus how much time am I going to be able to spend playing on my Switch versus actually the amount of studying that needs to be done. So for example, one course I'm looking at requires 600 hours of study. That's not something that you can fit into a weekend. So I need to know where that time is going to come from. And that's quite useful in knowing what to cut. Another thing I think this is very useful for is if you're interested in time blocking or you know hyper-scheduling, as I sometimes call it, I think time tracking fits in really nicely with that because 
the whole idea of time blocking is giving yourself enough time to complete important work. And, you know, the data you get back from all that time tracking informs how you set up those time blocks. And then in turn, the time blocks actually help you do a better job of tracking the time. So it, it really is a, uh, a very nice cycle there where uh, those those two elements can work together. So if you, you've ever been interested in trying time blocking, time tracking is a, is a really nice complementary uh, thing to do alongside of it. Yes. And as David said, this is not something that you need to do all the time. It's worth just spending, maybe even just try it for a day to start with and see what it's like. And then when you've tried it for a day and you think, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work starting and stopping timers, maybe then take a step back and try it with something like rescue time, timing. Um, if you're iOS only, screen time is a great option as well. Um, then, you know, you can you can try these in an entirely automated fashion just to see what it is. And I would highly encourage you, even if you decide that you're going to use Toggle, look at using something like timing or rescue time with it and definitely look at your, your stats on screen time or the, the digital uh, well-being on Android uh, just to see, like, what those devices are categorizing things as for you. Because I, I don't know about you, David, but I do forget to stop timings every once in a while, even with all these automations that I've got with NFC tags from Launch Center Pro and yeah. iBeacons and things like that to trigger or to remind me to trigger these things. Sometimes I still forget. Um, and it's quite nice to see that actually, <clears throat> I, I said I was doing automated prep on Sunday, but guess what? I, I, I spent 45 minutes on Reddit instead, yeah. uh, which I would note 15 minutes of was preparation for the show. Uh, Cortex subreddit, but then I got sucked down a rabbit hole and guess what? There you go. I ended yeah. up wasting some time. Yeah. Um, and that's where the entirely automated ones are really useful. And I find that all of these work together in a very complementary fashion, no, which is really nice. Yeah. I, I do think time tracking can help anybody. And, uh, you know, you don't have to make it overwhelming. There are options we've talked about today that, that don't take any work on your behalf. Uh, but with your automation superpowers, any of these options can really work for you. And, um, and you should check it out. Yes. And uh, of course, if you're looking at something like Toggle, there are lots of other uh, timing um, options out there. I'm sure that I know that there are some good ones for iOS, which track things based on GPS data. I personally find that that's not too helpful, especially I think the one I tried was by the guys that made, I want to say, Sleep Cycle. Um, and it was really nice, but it couldn't check commuting time or time in transit, which I spend a lot of time traveling. So um, that for me was not so good. But look at these entirely automated options. Look at all of the options out there. We've just talked about the ones that we actually use today. Um, but all the ones that we've mentioned can at least be tried for free. Uh, I'm still on the toggle free plan. Timing I have as part of setup, and I'm using the free rescue time version as well. So you don't need to pay for any of this to give it a shot. Just uh, spend five minutes uh, reading the overviews, perhaps, and install one of them and let it run and see what it can tell you at the end of a week. Yeah, and let us know how it goes over in the forums. We'd love to see what, what you're doing with this stuff. Definitely. So... David, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me over at maxsparky.com, and um, that gets you to just about any place that I hang out. Yes, including some very interesting courses. The series shortcuts one is definitely a recommendation for anybody listening to this who would like to try uh, time tracking with Toggle, knowing how to build shortcuts, and then adding those Toggle uh, shortcut uh, actions to it is definitely a good step. Yeah, yeah. I am Rosemary Orchard on Twitter. RosemaryOrchard.com is my website. 
Uh, the show is Automators FM on Twitter, and you can come and chat with us. Uh, give us all of your feedback over in the forums at talk.automators.fm. And uh, that's it for this episode. Do you have anything you want to add? No, I I, uh, I can't wait to hear about from the listeners on the time tracking, because I think this is something we can all really benefit from a discussion. So I'm looking forward to checking in on the forum on that, and we'll see you all in two weeks. Yes. Bye, everybody.